Nation. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. This is the Marvel Avengers Review Series, and we are the Credible Nerds. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? This is episode six of our Marvel Avengers Review Series, and this time we'll be talking about everyone's favorite Asgardian, Thor. Uh, Thor was released in 2011, and it was directed by Kenneth Branagh, and it stars Chris Hemsworth as Thor, uh, Anthony Hopkins plays Odin, his father. Tom Hiddleston plays Loki, Thor's brother. And we also have Idris Elba, who plays Heimdall in the film. We'll talk a little bit more about him later and what his role is. And those are those are the Asgardians. And on Earth, we have Natalie Portman playing Jane Foster. Stellan Skarsgård playing Eric Selvig, a scientist who works with Jane. As well as Kat Dennings, who plays Darcy, who is the intern for... Jane Foster and Eric Selvig. And then we have Clark Gregg reprising his role as Agent Coulson with S.H.I.E.L.D. So that's kind of the rundown of the film and who stars in it and, and things like that. And that's a this is a Paramount film. It was released under the Paramount logo and distributed by Paramount. So like I mentioned earlier, the film follows Iron Man 2 and continues the ongoing story of the Avengers. And this is kind of a an origin story for Thor. This is the first time we see him in this cinematic universe. And what was your first impressions of Thor and kind of your general overview of, of this film? What were your thoughts on it, Mark? You know, I I, I really liked it uh, because we just got to see, I mean, Iron Man 1 and 2 would just come out. We got to see a sweet Hulk, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and for me, Thor is kind of the same. Like, I, I knew of the... The character, because I'm a big DC guy. I'm not huge into Marvel, but I know general their characters, so I knew of Thor. But uh, you know, <clears throat> to see him back in Asgard and to deal with you know that whole dynamic, uh, that I think that was pretty cool. You know, to see you know with Odin and everything, uh, I really liked how it worked, how it fit inside the uh, you know the whole Marvel universe. Introduced him into the the whole series i I liked i think chris hemsworth was a spot-on pick as far as uh an actor i mean he's got the kind of size you're looking for the role the you know the blonde hair the the arrogance that thor comes with kind of you know but at the same time like he can you know bring in that persona of of a leader like a dedicated leader that's willing to sacrifice to get the job done so i i really liked uh this film uh, and the the choice of actors all around. Loki was great. Uh, the you know Anthony Hopkins is as Odin was great. I think that was a good pick as well. So, I mean, overall, like as far as that goes, I was really excited for this film, and and I wasn't let down at all. Yeah, I agree. It was it's good to see this film um, kind of take a different uh, direction with the Avengers. I wasn't like you. I wasn't too familiar with Thor. I'd heard him. I'd seen him in the comic books. Hadn't really read about him. So when they introduced him living on a whole nother planet, basically with Asgard, um, I was pleasantly surprised to see that. And it had a more sci-fi feel to this film than than the previous ones. Um, you got some some tech that you hadn't seen before. Uh, I think most people would call it magic, and I think they even referred to that in the film. You know what? Most people call magic is just science that hasn't been discovered yet or something along those lines. So that whole uh, angle that they took with that that technology in this new world really, uh, I, I, I liked it a lot. So it was good to see, have, have this twist on, on things. So 
Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah, and it's like the forgotten history, right? Here we've yeah. got the story of Mjolnir and Thor and all this stuff, and it seems like you know some ancient prophecy or you know hoodoo voodoo type stuff from uh, the Viking era. Yeah, and then it's real, right? Yeah. So it's pretty pretty uh, interesting. Well, not real, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it was really interesting how that uh, they brought that in to make it. Uh, like you said, you know, like, uh, who, who was it that great? There's that scientist or whoever said that, you know, magic uh, science is first considered magic and then, yeah. you know, so, so on and so forth. And I was talking to my wife about this a long time ago. And she's like, that's so silly. And I'm like, well, I mean, could you imagine giving some, like, going back to the, you know, 1700s, you know, when they're signing the Declaration of Independence saying, hey, this is a cell phone. You can talk to someone across the world. Yeah. Right. They'd probably burn you. Right. Yeah. They're like, it's a witch. It's a witch. You know. So, I mean, but uh, yeah, no, I I like that angle in it too. It was really really fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Infinity Stones in this film. Uh, I didn't think there was. I first I thought the the blue cube that they were using was the tesseract, but it wasn't. It was just a a device from um, the frost giants. Oh, from Jotunheim or whatever, right? Where they froze people or something? Yeah, yeah. So, and then I didn't. I don't think there was any Infinity Stones in the film. Um, I didn't see any. But. No, yeah, I don't think so either. That's a yeah. I don't. I don't think there was. I'm, it makes me wonder what that power is. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I think that was the closest thing to an Infinity Stone, but it wasn't. Uh, Shield connections. We got Agent Coulson. Is plays a a, a bigger role than before. And him and other agents come to study the hammer that uh, when Thor was banished to Earth, uh, King, his father Odin, threw the hammer along with him and it crashed into Earth in New Mexico. And so once they discovered it, a shield showed up to kind of study it and see what was going on, where it was from. And they kind of built a base around it to do their studies. So uh, they were played a heavy role in this film. Uh, we saw... Hawkeye for the first time in this film, uh, another Avenger. We don't really get to see him though, right? I mean, I remember watching it and thinking, I don't remember Hawkeye being in this film, but then I, I guess you see him in the perch and he talks a couple times, but I wonder if they cut a lot of his stuff out, do you know? Yeah, I don't know if they did, but yeah, he wasn't, he just kind of had a cameo, I guess you could say, where he did that, like you said, he was up on the perch, going to take out Thor with an arrow, but he didn't. And I don't think he really was around after that. Oh. Uh, and I don't know if he was really an Avenger at that time. I don't think you could consider him an He was just another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, a specialty agent. Yeah. But, you know, we know he does join the team later on down the line, so I guess you could call him a, an Avenger. Uh, there was a mention of Bruce Banner. about it. Uh, They mentioned that there was a scientist who was studying gamma radiation, and then S.H.I.E.L.D. got involved and he disappeared. That was from... Uh, Selvig, the scientist, he he mentioned that to Jane Foster, I believe. So they didn't name Bruce Banner by name, but uh, he's the only one that's really done that. So obviously it's him. And that's that's about it uh, with the Avengers. Just those two incidents, along with Thor. Um, and as far as this film advancing the overall story as we know it, I'm not sure if it it doesn't really advance the story. It just introduces Thor, the history of Asgard, history of King Odin, how he you know, fought against the frost giants and came into power. 
And we also get to see the origin story of not only Thor, but of Loki. I mean, I think this movie is just as much Loki's movie as it is Thor. Obviously, Thor is the hero, Loki the anti-hero, and to a lesser extent, this is his origin story as well. What did you think of, of Loki in his first appearance in this film, Mark? Uh, pretty interesting. I mean, the only things I really know about Loki, you know, apart from this, is that, you know, he's the god of mischief. Yeah. Right? Uh, but, um, no, I think they did great um, explaining some things and kind of where his animosity comes from or his – you know, and I don't even know if it's straight out hate, but it's like something, right? Whether it's somewhere between jealousy and hate or like a mixture of emotions, he doesn't know what to define it as. Yeah. Because it's not like he like just straight out kills anybody, right? He doesn't just – and he could have, but he doesn't. And um, and so it's interesting. I just like the dynamic it showed. You know, he's a he was a child from – from Jodenheim, you know, he was the son of Lofi, who was the king of the frost giants, and he finds that out and really, you know, has some issues with it, and uh, he's mad at Odin, mad at Thor, you know, and I think he's more mad at Thor because maybe he wishes he was Odin's son. I, I don't know, right, because there's really no reason he'd be mad at Odin or at uh, Thor, yeah. but uh, so, I, I mean, I thought that was pretty good how it uh, turned him into a villain, right? Like how he was generally a good guy before that, but then uh, once that happens, you, you kind of see him start, you know, changing into to something else, right? Yeah. To, to more villainy. Yeah. And I think he kind of started to realize he didn't fit in. He just didn't know how. And once he was able to identify, you know, when he went to the Jodenheim with that group to, to uh, overthrow them and he got one of the frost giants grabs him by the arm and it doesn't really hurt him but it hurt the other guy the other warrior he starts to wonder and then he confronts king odin and odin tells him basically you know you're you're a frost giant child of the frost giants i found you and brought you to to asgard i think that filled in a lot of blanks and helped him understand himself a lot better but he took it too far and i think that was his his struggle was he decided to take revenge you know for a for what Odin did, tried to overthrow Asgard. So we get that that dynamic between Thor and Loki. And I've always thought Loki was one of the more well-rounded villains in the series. I, mean, I, I liked the Red Skull and a couple other villains, but Loki we get to see the most of. I mean, he's he was in this movie. This was his first appearance in the series in 2011. But yet, in Thor, he's still around. We see him in Thor Ragnarok, which just came out in November of 2017. So six years later, he's still a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think they've done a great job of bringing him in and you know developing his character, furthering his story just as much as the Avengers. And he's really the only villain that we get to see that. You know, all the other ones are one and done. You know, they they make their appearance in the film, and then by the end of the film, they're they're gone. Mm-hmm. So outside of Thanos, but even then we've just gotten hints of Thanos here and there. You know, he's kind of the ever present bad guy behind the curtain, but we don't, we don't know much about him. We do with Loki. Uh, and then we also get a scene where Thor explains the nine realms to Jane Foster uh, when they're on the rooftop, kind of getting to know one another. And that expands the Marvel universe a lot because it kind of puts everything into perspective. It brings in the rest of the galaxy. 
you know, we can better understand uh, where Thor comes from, how Asgard relates to Earth, how Thanos perhaps is, is involved. He wants to rule all of the Nine Realms as well as everything else. Um, it sets up future movies. It also hints at um, perhaps Guardians of the Galaxy. So kind of expands, you know, it's not just an Earth story anymore. It's a galaxy-wide uh, story. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool how they brought that in. Um, so with Thor, we're introduced to him at the beginning as a as a young child, and him and Loki are kind of they're you know they're brothers, they're competing, and they have a, a camaraderie, a jealousy, you know, the typical things that brothers of close age would have. Uh, and then they jump forward a few years, and they're in their late teens or perhaps early twenties. And we see Thor; he's a lot more cocky, a lot more prideful, and uh, he's you know hamming it up when he's about to get coronated as king or future king and you know he's a little too into himself which is plays well for the for the show it's funny you get to see a side of him that's you know we don't really see that much of later on but it's it's just too much it's too over the top and so thor um and that's what leads him to go fight the frost giants with you know what five or six others even after being um, denied by the king not to do so he thinks he can defeat him and he fails they all fail it was a pretty cool battle scene there though they fight a ton of frost giants some frost monsters and they they are about to get destroyed when odin shows up and rescues him and at that moment is when king odin banishes him to earth along with his hammer and that begins the story on earth where he meets Jane Foster. You know, I, th- I thought it was pretty cool when, uh, you know, that part happened when Odin showed up, you know, came down on the Bifrost and it had his horse, you know, with the six hooves, has the four yeah. front hooves. I like that part because that's one of the icons of, of Odin is the horse. Yeah. And uh, so I was, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's the only time you've ever seen the horse. But uh, yeah. no, that was pretty neat. Yeah, I it did. was pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, Thor ends up on Earth. He meets uh, Jane Foster and, and her group, the scientist uh, Selvig, as well as, um, what's the sidekick's name? Darcy, Darcy. Or, yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. She was hilarious. She had a, a, she gave the right amount of humor and it wasn't over the top. And it was in, you know, within context of what was going on. I felt it didn't distract from the rest of the film. And um, so this whole parts this whole these few scenes where thor he just shows up on earth he's you know in the hospital and he's making all these outlandish statements it kind of reminded me of wonder woman right when she leaves her city themyscira and with with steve trevor and they go to england to london for the first time and she's a fish out of water you know and i thought they were very comparable scenes i liked them both and i thought that thor Chris Hemsworth acted this, you know, these parts out beautifully, and it was fun to watch. It brought a lot of levity and just a new dynamic to to the movie, to the to the overall story. So there's a lot of funny moments. He he's he's at the the cafe drinking some coffee, and he says, "I love this stuff," and he throws the the mug down. He's like, "Bring me some more." <laughs> and everyone's like, "What are you doing?" And um, yeah, so just a lot of he walks into the pet store and he's, "Bring me a horse." And the guy's like, oh, we don't have horses here. 
We have dogs and cats. Well, bring me a cat that's big enough to ride. <laughs> the guy's just like, who is this guy, man? <laughs> He's just walking around demanding outlandish crazy things. It was definitely funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. I think my favorite part in that whole that whole you know section you know or whatever group of shots is when he was in the hospital right and he's like i am thor you cannot overthrow right he's like trying to fight his way out and they just give him a shot and he's like oh and he's like it's done right just yeah. <laughs> that quick <laughs> yeah that was pretty good too yeah so a lot of great moments in the beginning of this film um and he he didn't have the same strength that he had before like if he he alluded to it a couple times or outright said it where he's just not as strong or as powerful as he was on Asgard. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm getting that's because Odin took the, the the armor off him, you know, took his hammer away. And that's kind of the impression I got that he, you know, once those things were taken away, he wasn't as powerful as he was before. Which was kind of weird if you think about it, because like in in some of the, uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., when Sylph comes down, yeah. do you remember that episode? Yeah. She's still like massively stronger than everybody else so while thor was still strong you know i think that was more of just because he was a strong guy in general not that he was like had super strength anyways so when i saw that i was like well it did so i guess thor more turned him into a earth mortal than just take away the hammer you know because otherwise he would still have asgardian strength which far outstrips uh, you know us so yeah that's a good point i wonder why or how that they don't you know how that happened they didn't really explain in detail other than they took the armor from him before he sent him to earth so that's that's interesting i wonder why that happened yeah i wonder if it was just kind of an overlook you know in in the the plot line or or what because they kind of make it seem like it's the the armor that does it but I don't think that's true because, I mean, Loki and Sylph still have all that strength. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so he has to prove himself to get his armor back and his the ability to wield his hammer. How do you say the hammer's name? Mjolnir. 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 M-J-O-R-N-I-R. Mjolnir or something. Yeah. So anyway, he, he does have the opportunity to try and grab it like in the middle of the film and they did a pretty good setup of that you know he breaks into the the shield complex and is able to fight off a bunch of guys and he eventually reaches the hammer and grabs it and he's not able to pull it from you know lift it off the ground and i think that is when he realizes he needs to make some changes but that was pretty good sequence there and i'm guessing the the what he needed to change was he needed to learn how to care for other people, you know, learn some humility besides thinking about himself all the time and what he gets out of things or what he can do, you know, it's how he can help others. And um, it gets to the point where he, you know, when Loki is able to overthrow Odin on on Asgard, he sends the, the destroyer, it's like a big giant Iron Man type looking thing that can shoot power out of his eyes. So he sends that, Loki sends that down to Earth to destroy Thor once and for all. And uh, he sacrifices himself to save everyone in that city in New Mexico to the point where he dies, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was dead. Yeah. As far as I know, like the, because the destroyer started to go home. Like he's like, all right, mission complete. Yeah. So he dies. And then at that moment, I guess that's what it took for the power of Mjolnir to be released or, 
um, replenished, whatever the case may be. And then the hammer comes to Thor at that point, and he's revived with a lightning bolt. And he also regains his armor that he mm-hmm. that he was stripped of. And then he's back to, you know, the Thor that we saw at the beginning of the film. So he fights the Destroyer on Earth and wins. And then he is able to get back with his, his group there, and they go back to Asgard. So uh, and with Loki... Well- Go ahead. And who who is the group? It was like, do you remember this part? He's like, oh yeah, we've got Robin Hood, Xena <laughs> Warrior Princess, and someone else. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. But that part made me laugh so hard. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> they're like, what is this? Who are these guys? Yeah, they're walking full costume cosplay down the the street, and everybody's like, who? What? <laughs> What's going on? They got like shields and stuff. But you know, it's also good to put out too. Like, and I've said this in other in other podcasts but it's kind of the the advancement of the human race and while and why like in in one of i think in the avengers he says you know like it shows that this the earth is ready for a higher form of war right but it also shows why people would take humans serious because i mean thor and his people are definitely more advanced than humans but they still use swords and shields and everything else right and we've kind of outstripped that while their technology is more advanced because they're millions of years of it but it kind of shows how people on earth are are forced to be reckoned with yeah which is kind of why i think a lot of the these events surround earth because i think you know for some reason other races they just get stuck they stop advancing and humans do not yeah yeah that's an interesting point um Humans are shown with more capabilities. They're just a little bit more behind than the rest of the uni- the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So along with Thor, we also get to see Loki and you know his progression. We learn who, what his ambitions are, what his aspirations are to overthrow Odin. I mean, his sole purpose, uh, once he learns who he is, is to overthrow Odin and rule Asgard. And he sets a plan in motion to be able to do that. And he he's able to do you know become king for a little bit. But in the end, Thor comes back to Asgard from New Mexico, and they duel, and Thor ends up winning. He outsmarts Loki, and Loki is banished. He falls off the edge of the the Bifrost into the depths of space, and that's kind of how we see, see him. And that's you know his his story. We get to know Loki just as much as we do Thor. Well, I wouldn't say just as much, but more so than than most. Um, Thor is obviously the hero of this film, and I thought you know along with you know, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers and even Bruce Banner, we get to see kind of how they start out, you know, where they were before they were gifted with great power or great knowledge or whatever the case may be, and how they are able to to work through issues to be able to um, change, become better people. You know, they were, for the most part, they were good people as it was, but they were able to learn how to use their power, use their abilities for the betterment of, of mankind. And that's, I think that's what sets them apart from, you know, the rest, from those that failed, like the Red Skull or Loki or Blonsky, you know, those those type of guys. They were given pretty much the same power, but they they weren't able to figure out how to, to overcome their, you know, their pride, their, you know, selfishness, and they took advantage of the power they had. Well, these guys didn't, and that's what makes them Avengers. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Definitely. Yeah. So with the Stanley moment, he's in it at the beginning. They're trying to get Mjolnir out of the crater. 
but it's you know no one's able to pull it off the ground or they get trucks with chains and try to pull it you know out of the ground and Stanley's in in one of these trucks and they try to pull it out but the the bed gets ripped off the truck because Mjolnir's not going anywhere so Stanley turns around he's like did it work or you know something like that and it's, it's him so so that's that's his moment in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't realize I was watching some old X Men. He was in the original X Men. Did you know that? Like, you know, the first ones that came out. Yeah. Uh, what part? I didn't. I don't remember which part I was he in. Uh, I can't remember either. I just remember watching him, rewatching him, probably like I don't know a year ago, uh-huh. and I was like, "Hey, Stan Lee's in these too. Like, <laughs> what the heck? How did I miss this? You know?" And but yeah, he's in the original three X Men, the first three that came out like ages ago, you know, like late nineties. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so he's. I think he he's in every film. I think there was one. I can't remember which one. Oh, it was the new Fantastic Four. He didn't. Either he filmed it and got cut, or he just didn't even <laughs> try to be in it, or they I, didn't, didn't ask him to be or something. I wouldn't have been in it either. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. I'm sorry. It's just horrible. So that's his moment. Uh, after credit scene, it's, you know, after uh, all the events of Thor and we see Selvig, he's uh, hooked up with S.H.I.E.L.D. and he's working with them. It's kind of his first introduction to them and what they're doing. He meets with Nick Fury in some tunnels, like an underground facility. And they're talking about Jane Foster's work. And Nick Fury reveals the Tesseract. He shows the Tesseract to Selvig. And then we see Loki appear. He's invisible to the rest of them. I think he's just, you know, transporting his likeness or his consciousness to Earth. We see him appear, and he's beside Selvig, and they're looking at the Tesseract. And Loki says, well, I guess that's worth a look. Which then Selvig repeats that same phrase, which indicated to me there's some kind of... He has ability to... Um, what's the word? He has the the ability to... Influence. He has the ability to influence others. Influence others. At least. (laughs) I got you back, buddy. (laughs) So he has the ability to influence others, at least uh, with his words. So that was interesting. Uh, And then there was a couple of one-shots that were happening around the same time. I think one of them's before Thor, and then one of them's after, or no, it was during Thor. So the first one-shot was called... Funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. And this little one shot, I think it was like five minutes if that, connects when Coulson leaves Iron Man and, you know, Tony Stark in Iron Man 2. He makes the comment of, you know, there was an incident in New Mexico and he he takes off. So this little short connects that moment with the, the stuff that's going on with Mjolnir and Thor's hammer. So he's cruising along to New Mexico going about 100 miles an hour. And he stops at a gas station, starts filling up with gas. He goes into this gas station and while he's there, he's, you know, getting some donuts in the back and some thugs show up to, to steal some money from the, the cash register. They got some guns and Coulson uses his smarts to distract them. And then he like does some ninja kicks and beats up the, the thugs and then he leaves with his donuts. <laughs> so I don't know. It was... I wouldn't say it was worthless, but I was like wondering what the point of this little short was, other than to show that Coulson knows some ninja moves, some karate moves or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was a little disappointing. <laughs> what did you yeah. think of a Mark? 
No, it was just a little small clip. I, it was just kind of funny, you know, like you said, you know. You, uh, it just made me laugh, right? Because he's like, "What well, do you guys want my gun to? You know, yeah. here's the gun. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like standing there and he's just like, they're trying not to worry about him. And here he is just keep saying stuff. Well, do, do you want me to throw it down to you or anything? Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, what the heck? Yeah. But, uh, no, it was pretty cool. Like you said, it just mostly showed that He's got some karate moves, I guess. I don't know. Didn't yeah. seem to help against Loki, but what do you know? <laughs> Wait, what? What? I, <laughs> spoiler alert, people. Spoiler alert. So there was that. Uh, and then the next one happens uh, during Thor, where the where S.H.I.E.L.D.'s in New Mexico. And I think it's Jasper Sitwell. Is that his last name? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and he's kind of in the background here and there, and he says... He has a couple lines in in the movies. So him and Coulson meet up at a diner in New Mexico, and they're talking about Abomination, which is you know the the evil Hulk that we saw in the Incredible Hulk, um, and how kind of the upper the higher ups in Shield want Blonsky on the team, and they're like, well, we don't think that's a good idea. I think that's you know a bad move. So they talk about sending someone, the consultant, in over to talk with General Ross about the Abomination. And instead of trying to convince General Ross to not include the abomination on the team, they want to annoy him enough to not include Blonsky. And so they send the consultant, which is Tony Stark. And basically, we we see the scene from the end credits scene from The Incredible Hulk, where St- Stark walks into the bar and talks to General Ross. And then it cuts back to um, Jasper, Sitwell, and Coulson back at the diner on a different day cuts back to them and they're again talking and colson says well it worked and abomination will stay in his cage and he won't be joining the team so not a lot happened in this short the cult's the consultant but it had a lot of great information um stuff that you know you kind of wonder what happened to the abomination what happened to blonsky right and this, you know, short scene fills us in on what happened. And I thought it was really well done. A lot of great information in a short amount of time. It wraps up a storyline from a previous movie. You ever notice that uh, none of the Earth villains seem to die? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like all of the other ones die, right? Think about all the other villains that are out there from the other world. They die. They're done. Like it's over for them, you know? Red Skull... I don't think he died. I think he was just transported somewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, then we have uh, Blonsky, not dead, still around. We have uh, Iron Man Two guy. What's his name? Hammer. Uh, Hammer was the 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 tech guy, right? The rich guy. And then we had. Um, oh yeah, Hammer. Name? The guy uh, Ivan. Yeah, Mark Ivan. Vanko. Yeah, not dead. Yeah. You know, not. I, I kind of makes you wonder, like, are they just gonna leave those in limbo, or are we gonna see something during Infinity Wars? Yeah, possibly. What about the guy from Iron Man, the the bald guy? Oh, okay. One guy. Did he one die? one guy died. Okay. Uh, so, so he what's died. His yeah, he got, he like got electrocuted or something, or overloaded, or okay. I can't remember exactly what happened. Obadiah, that's his name. Yeah, he like uh, gets electrocuted and then, I mean, you assume he's dead, right? I, I assumed he was, but uh, yeah, but I yeah. Think his death was more definitive than, than the others. Yeah, but the others, I mean, I mean, we know they're alive. 
So I just wonder what if that's ever going to come out anyway, like it, or it's just dead end plots. But I keep having this thought that we're going to see something with them in in Infinity Wars. Yeah, possible. I mean, because if you I, want to stop Hulk, bring in Blonsky, right? Right. He's basically because the only one that can. Hulk's the big game changer. I mean, even in in another one, you know, uh, Tony Stark says, you know, well, we have a Hulk. Yeah. Like that evens everything out. It doesn't matter what you have. We have a Hulk, yeah. period, right? And so – and I look at it and I just think that, you know, you've got uh, – who is it? Uh, who's the dumb bad guy? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> which, on which film? This the one? main bad guy. Oh, Infinity. Thanos. Thanos, that guy. You have Thanos and you've got like 15 Guardians, right? I mean, you have – or 15 Avengers or whoever, right? We know they come together. But you've got a ton of heroes, and one bad guy. While he may be powerful, you know, once you throw Hulk and Vision and a couple of the other powerhouses in there, I just don't think it's that much in the end. So he has to have friends. He has to have backup or something. Yeah. And that's what I just, you know, and how do you counter Iron Man? Ivan, there you go. How do you counter Captain America? Red Skull, there you go. You know, I just think that uh, we'll see them again. That's my big prediction. Yeah, I'd hope so. Because I don't think it's very realistic. Either Thanos is going to be so powerful that he destroys all the Avengers, and it doesn't matter, right? Which which seems like a seems like a lazy way, yeah, to complete that story. Yeah, yeah. And so he either got that happening, or he's got to bring in some help. And why not use these already established characters, especially since there's going to be so much going on in this movie, the Avengers three, that you don't have time to develop new characters that you've never met before. So I think um, you got to use, you know, the Loki, you got to use Red Skull, you got to use Ivan and the Abomination and all these other guys, right? Mm-hmm. Be smart. But we don't write the movies, so who knows? But we should write the movies. Yes. Uh, we're just saying, people. <laughs> you have a question? Give us a call. <laughs> Kevin Feige, we'll answer it. <laughs> we'll do our best to keep you on track. Yeah. All right. So that's it for Thor. Uh, overall, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a great addition to, you know, the Avengers storyline, especially the, the origin stories that we're beginning these these last five movies. I think it's one of the better ones. I think outside of Captain America, this is my favorite one. My sec- so it's my second favorite. I would give it a A minus. It's got a lot of great things, things we haven't seen before. You know, it's got the right amount of humor, the right amount of action, the right amount of character development. It's just a good mix. It's a good story. There's a couple of things that you know could have been better, but I think that's any movie. It's always gonna be something, right? So I just kind of cancel those out because there's always gonna be something. So I I give it an A minus. I enjoyed watching. It. This is probably the third time, maybe the fourth time I've seen it, and it still is enjoyable. Uh, you know, after a year, a year later, watching it again, it's still as enjoyable as the first time. What about for you, Mark? Oh yeah, definitely A minus A right in there. Uh, one of my more favorite of the the entire series i think i don't know i switch all the time because there's so many great ones but i definitely think the first ones are my more favorite just because they were all new you know you had the the wow factor uh jokes hadn't been played out yet characters hadn't been you know what i mean like we've talked about that before so yeah definitely a minus a i really enjoyed it i think the character casting was amazing uh tom hiddleston uh, you know what great loki i think uh, he he's been really good for the series um 
So yeah, I definitely have to give it a a, a strong grade there. Um, I think the one thing that I I haven't really liked is about I, I guess more like for ongoing, you know, like where they went with it is what they did with um, uh, his girlfriend's character. What's her Jane name? Foster. Jane Foster. I kind of feel like they just kind of dropped the ball in there. They they maybe were like, oh, you know, we'll make a we'll bring her in, and then we don't know how to take her back out. Yeah, well, I and, thought she was great in this movie. Yeah, she was great in the movie. I guess, and like I said, that's more for future. It just felt like they just kind of dropped the ball with her. And and I don't know why. Maybe they just didn't want to continue that storyline. I think she could have been done great as far as bridging humanity and as guardians, you know. But they kind of, I think, lost that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, we'll 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 see that more in the Avengers. She doesn't make an appearance, and we see her more in Thor two. She's actually a one of the plot devices in that film. And then after that, she's not around. Right, we don't see her in the next Avengers. We don't see her in Thor three. So Mm-mm. yeah, that's a, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, in the Avengers, even you know, they just kind of say, "Oh, she's off in Alaska or something." It's like, "Oh, let's see if my boyfriend from Asgard happened to come to America." Oh no, no, I've got I've got some research to do in Alaska. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. just kinda, I don't know. Like I said, just I I feel like they've. I don't know why. Maybe they're going to tie it up nice and neat later. Maybe they just leave it open. Who knows? Yeah. Yep. So that's our review of Thor and the two one-shots, Consultant, and funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. We want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Marvel Avengers Rewatch series. We'll be tackling the Avengers next. The Avengers that has the, the tagline, Avengers Assemble the first Avengers movie that we get where they're all together and at the time it was a great you know a lot of great things were being said about the movie and a lot of excitement for this movie you know it had been a long time coming that you know these movies have been preparing us for the Avengers so we'll be talking about that next. Uh, We want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast in our Marvel Avengers review series and definitely check us out on social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even Pinterest. Uh, Just search for Credible Nerd and you'll find us. Follow us, contribute to the conversation. We're usually posting stuff. Definitely check out our podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, pretty much any podcast app you'll find us there or even on Spotify. So uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, All our shows are on patreon.com slash thecrediblenerds. Can join us there we have exclusive episodes exclusive bonus content that you can only find there so check us out there and support us we'd really appreciate it we want to thank you guys for joining us here on this podcast and we'll catch you next time see you guys <laughs>